Welcome to Under the Sisterhood, where we honor female experiences. During each episode, I will have intimate conversations with women of all ages to get under the hood of their individual journeys through womanhood. Together, we'll pursue the many aspects of the female experience, creating a sacred space for women to share their stories, their ideas, and their wisdom. This is a podcast to celebrate women and recognize all that they do in our world. I'm Elizabeth Elfenbein. Let's get under the hood. Today, I'd like to welcome and honor Angela Gu. Angela is a daughter, sister, granddaughter, friend, optimist, and a graduate student at Harvard Business School. Angela is passionate about changing the narrative on aging and helping to address the loneliness epidemic in our society. She is endlessly curious about people's life stories and loves spending time outdoors. Angela grew up in Cupertino, California, and has spent much of her time in her adult life in San Francisco and New York. I couldn't be more grateful to to be getting under the hood with you today. Welcome, Angela. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Uh, Now, this is so exciting. The conversations have been so vast. I mean, we're asking the same questions to to women because it's a universal, we're all women, but we all feel very differently about it. And it's been a fascinating conversation. experience for me to really um, be touched by women and hear their stories and the way they think about um, being a woman. So why don't we get started? Sounds good. So, so, so Angela, what does being a woman mean to you? Yeah. um, I think being a woman, for me, the first thing that probably comes to mind is um, having incredible capacity and strength. And so, with capacity, I think about their just incredible mental capacity and intellect and ability to accomplish and contribute so much and be leaders and companies and organizations and also be mothers and daughters and all these different roles. Um, there's also things like emotional capacity and women have incredible ability to demonstrate depth of feelings and ability to empathize and care so much um and then there's also obviously physical capacity and to carry a birth and feed a child and somehow women are able to just have so much capacity and multiple different dimensions and it's probably what um sticks out the most for me oh that's a really beautiful answer um capacity yeah we have very broad shoulders and but I like the, <laughs> the way you define the the level and the different layers of capacity because it is so multifaceted. Um mm-hmm. you know, so when you think about that, and and this is a two-part question, you know, um, I mean you're you're in grad school, so you're fairly young. Um and so you would have lived life you know, however many years, what has your female experience been like throughout your life? And then was there an inflection point when you began to feel like a woman? And how Mm -hmm. would you define that? Yeah, um, I think in terms of, we say my female experience, um, overall, I've loved it. Um, Obviously, there's so many inequities and societal pressures placed on women, but I think being a woman, I've had just deep, incredible human relationships that I found 
Um, I think everywhere I've gone, I found supportive sub-communities of women who are helping one another and supporting one another and sharing lived experiences. And um, these conversations and experiences have just been really meaningful to me. Um, and I, I think to your, to your second question about at what point did I become aware it's probably as a young child, I'm thinking back to maybe it was like kindergarten or first grade. And um, just because of my mom, I would say. My mom, she has a PhD in computer science. She's worked all of my life. And uh, kindergarten was probably when I realized maybe what a rarity that was, um, especially for someone in her generation. And I remember, um, there was like a moment when my mom was feeling guilty about not being able to attend a school event. And I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, like don't even worry about it. I think you're so cool for doing it all and managing being a mom and having this awesome career and, um, and thinking like, I want to be just like her. And like, that is what I'm capable of because I'm a woman. Wow, that's really powerful. That's that's wonderful. Talk more about your female ex experiences. So you have these relationships. Um, dive a little more into like at what point did you did you feel uh, and lean into you know these female experiences and and how are they like happening now? Hmm. I think the way it unfolds a lot for me is. We'll say right now in graduate school, um, all of the classmates have met are incredible, but um, I've I've developed really treasured friendships, particularly with the women, because they are all kind of navigating how do I pursue incredible careers that are most likely going to be demanding, but also how do I be a good mother in the future and good daughter and kind of balance all of that and um we think we have this whole narrative on having it all but the reality is that there's just constant trade-offs that you're making and so um kind of just openly talking about that and through that have like establishing really deep relationships with with other women is, is probably defines a lot of what I would say my female experience yeah that's wonderful I mean it's wonderful that you have you know, I like it, it, it. You know, if I were to go back and think about where I was and and stuff, I think I I just did things like I didn't contemplate mm -hmm. them per se. I'm not saying that's a good thing, um, but it's nice when you have women. You're at this stage of your life. It's good that you're in graduate school and that you have this time of your life where you can go back and really um, sort of reflect on those things you want versus it happening to you, like. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I got pregnant at 29. I had my first child at 29 and, um, and I was married and it all made sense, but it wasn't, yeah. I didn't think about those things. It just sort of happened. So I think that's mm -hmm. a wonderful conversation to be having and to think mm -hmm. about. And, and, and I think it's interesting because I don't know that I'm quite in your mom's generation or maybe I am, but I think the thing that's interesting to me is that, yeah, we just kind of went about doing and not. I think that your generation now has this ability to take a step back and look and say, I want this. I don't want that. What is the narrative? Mm -hmm. You're right. We can have it all. And at what expense is having it all? Because there is a price to pay for any decision you make. 
there is compromise. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so I think it's figuring out, um, this is very interesting because I haven't really had this specific um, conversation. Um, it's figuring out what that narrative is. Like not the yeah. narrative, but how you end up, how your narrative ends up, like how you end up living it. And so yeah. I think that's really interesting. Um, wow. I think also the ability to be intentional is because I, I've been able to connect with so many other women and have these relationships where they are sharing how they've kind of navigated it all and, 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 and understanding all of that and hearing their stories helps me to think a lot more and, and be intentional about my future decisions. I love that word intentional <laughs> because I think that again, your generation, and I would say all the generations that came after mine have been much more intentional about what mm. they want and taking their time and women have been, and they understand when they go down a certain road and they hit a point and they're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm making money. I'm doing this, but I'm not happy. I'm going to yeah. actually pivot and rethink what I want for my life. Like thinking and being intentional is, is something. And now I'm trying to do it in my late fifties. I'm actually being more and more intentional with my life, but I never, I it just all sort of happened. So I think that's yeah. a wonderful thing. I, I'm like happy to hear that from you and I'm happy that you that you and your generation thinks that way because I think it'll be a much it's going to be a challenge regardless but I think it yeah. will be a more rewarding challenge because it will be with intention so right. so 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 what would you I love this question and you know you probably don't have a huge amount of years in between but if you were to go back in time and speak to the 18 year old Angela you know what would you say to her yeah. Hmm. I mean, 18 year old Angela feels like a long time ago now. Um, and I would say, I would tell her that no one has it figured out, um, no matter what age, and that your mom doesn't figure it, have it figured out, your teachers don't have it figured out, and maybe that is probably what life is about and about every day learning more about yourself and about life and the people around you and kind of making choices based on what you know today um, and being in the present a little bit more. But also probably tell her to keep the optimism and to, to not lose your excitement for living. And I think um, it's easy to get more pessimistic and more jaded as you get older and, and see some of the tough parts of life. But um, it, I, I, I love being an optimist and I hope that she keeps that part of herself. Mm, I love that. That is just so the glass half full. I love it. And, I think <laughs> it's, I, and interestingly, I could feel that from the moment I met you in prior conversations, that, that oh. energy, that really positive energy. So I think you're right. And I think that if, you know, I'm a very positive person and I'm in my late fifties, I've always been a really positive person. So if you're that type of person, you know, life, it will throw you curveballs and you got to mm -hmm. catch them and you'll catch them in different ways. And sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll catch them more than other days, but a positive person will take a positive spin on catching them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They'll look at, mm -hmm. oh, I caught five out of eight versus, oh, I didn't catch the three. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. So I just think your perspective will, so you'll grow, you'll get more experience, but you'll, you know, the optimism you probably won't lose because it's probably more your nature, which is a wonderful quality. 
So this, this next question is one that I love asking because everybody feels um, very passionately about it. We live in an interesting time in the world. Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about being a woman in today's world? Yeah, um, that's a tough question. I think that it can be really challenging. Um, but I would say, I think going back to optimistic, I would say I'm really optimistic. Um, it's obviously really challenging when things happen that question things like women's rights, women's ability. Um, and it can be challenging when you enter a meeting and find yourself, say, being, being the only woman in the room or here, um, say women starting businesses and sharing how difficult it is to say raise raise VC funding. Um, and I think it's also challenging when you hear that you can do so much now and have it all. But in reality, um, there are a lot of trade-offs like we mentioned earlier involved. Um, I think that being said, I find a lot of reasons to be optimistic about being a woman. Um, I think there's more than ever a lot of momentum with various DEI initiatives and companies, incredible communities of women supporting other women and lifting each other up and being aware of how important that is and to invest in that. Um, and also more organizations that are committed to serving women's issues um, and increasing awareness about them. And so, yes, challenging, but I think um, a lot of reason to be excited about being a woman. I like that. And it, it's a very challenging time, but I like the optimism um, because who wouldn't want to be a woman? I mean, seriously, there's like no question. There's like, I mean, you know, um, but I like that because you're right. I mean, there are challenges and it's, there are, there are things that are really scary, but I think you're right with women coming together, uniting, and even like creating under the sisterhood to serve mm -hmm. for the purpose of serving women and letting them be yeah. heard, creating a platform that brings sisters together and shares their superpowers. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just another thing that, that another example of, of what it means to be a woman in today's um, world. Um, to build on that, what would you change if you could change anything to make life better for women? Hmm. Lots of things, um, but uh, maybe a big thing that comes to mind is um, more research and funding into women's health. Um, before graduate school, I worked at a women's reproductive health startup called Modern Fertility, and um, that was one an incredible experience because it was such an all-star team of a lot of women the two founders were women um, but also the the time really opened my eyes to how women have just accepted a lower quality of life in terms of health and we just tolerate pain and discomfort with things like oh yeah okay I like say things like birth control they all have side effects, um, UTIs, menopause, there's such a limited understanding of um, the female body and women just tolerate it all. Um, and, and, to, and I think a lot of that is a result of the fact that there's been less attention historically on women and women's health and, and lack of funding there. Um, 
and I mean, it, on a more positive note, there is a lot more effort and I think momentum there on investing more into research and understanding women's health. So that's great and exciting to look forward to. Yeah, I like that. Um, interestingly, yesterday I interviewed um, the Vagipreneur, wonderful Rachel um, Braun Sherrill. She's a femtech expert and oh, she's cool. a thought leader in the space and has created a number of um, women's products, but it's interesting. And then she goes in and works on strategies for these companies. And we were talking a lot about, you know, her journey because she's like my age and where mm. she is and entering, getting the VC funding and the support. But the fact is, is that with it within women's health within these companies they're mostly women dominated versus male mm -hmm. and that that's a really interesting thing when you've worked in male dominated companies to go into that environment and it's actually the people who are actually affected by yeah you know by by whatever it is you're building the product you're creating that you have the 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 audience is part is working on it and developing it so it's really cool but she she um, felt similarly, but of course, yeah. she's seen much progress because she's at a different stage in her life. So you're seeing it from your, from <laughs> your, which is fantastic. It's so interesting. So I think you're right. And we talked a lot about education around women's health and, and of course, mm -hmm. women's health, you know, having that. So, so this is a very different off the, um, off the womanhood and it's more about sisterhood. Um, do you feel part of a sisterhood, Angela? Definitely. Um, it's probably something I really cherish and treasure. Um, I think every every life stage I've been in, every kind of new environment I've been in, I feel like I found a group of women that I would define as a sisterhood. Um, I mean, obviously, I have it. I have it with my mom, especially as we've gotten older, and I kind of see her more as just another human being and another woman. Um, but also in terms of friendships, um, yeah, I think, think about high school and college and the communities I've had since um, in each new city I've lived in, there's always a group of women that I've, um, I've found to openly be vulnerable and talk about the ups and downs of just growing up and being a woman and, and even, you know, random fun things too, obviously. Um, so definitely, and um, there are people that I continue to stay in touch with no matter where I end up and, and move around to. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And you're very fortunate. I love that. You know, I keep referring to your generation and I mean that very respectfully, but I love that because I feel like your generation really values the sisterhood. Not that my generation mm -hmm. doesn't, but I think that you know, from my experience, you know, being a working, working full time, working insane hours, being a leader, like the sisterhood I had was in the work. I didn't have enough time to give my sisterhoods. So I couldn't do a collective group. I have friends all over the place, all over the world. And we're friends. And but the sisterhood in terms of going into your community and stuff, you need mm. time to build that. And so you might have it at your job as a working mom, or you might have it if you're a stay-at-home mom in the community that you're raising your children in. It's very hard as a working mom navigating this couple of things, but but it's interesting, like back to the word intention. I think that you guys yeah. are, it makes me feel really good because I have, um, I have um, daughters in their late 20s and they're very intentional. Their sisterhoods are very meaningful to them. And 
the way they keep in touch with them. And it just, it just makes me feel really, that's my optimism is knowing that they wow. have that because it's a very special and wonderful thing. Um, this is a question that didn't, I didn't put out there to you, but I'm really curious, um, Angela, what would you say your superpower is? Wow, that is a tough question. Um, I would say my superpower would be would be empathy. Um, I think having <laughs> having having just moved around a lot growing up as well, and um, you know, joining kind of needing to put myself out there and join different communities and meet all sorts of different types of people. Um, what I gained from all of that is the ability to empathize and quickly understand um, a lot of different types of people. And um, I think maybe that ties back to the emotional capacity piece that I was talking about. And obviously it's not saying that only women are empathetic, um, but <laughs> um, but I would say, yeah, that's that it is probably my superpower. Well, that's a wonderful superpower, you know, empathy, having the ability, the ability to understand and to listen and to really connect the dots because of what you hear and how you, I mean, that's just the, the person on the other side of that, the feeling mm. is just so good because they feel heard. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. So, wow. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, that is just really, I just, you know, cause I took you I took you by surprise and that's just a wonderful, if we all had empathy, empathy is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's really, it really serves people well to have empathy and it makes us, uh, it helps us understand ourselves better as well. Right. Totally. Yes, absolutely. So, so we're coming to a close. I love this. I love this question, which is you have a platform today um, under the sisterhood. You're talking to women all around the world, ages, I'd say 18 to 100, of all backgrounds. So anybody who identifies with being a female, so LGBTQ, trans, it doesn't matter. What would your message be? Like, what does Angela want to say to these to, to women around the world of all cultures and backgrounds? Yeah, um, I would say it would be to invest the extra effort to support other women, to meet other women, take the time to share and listen to their stories, talk about the hard stuff, the fun stuff, but also the awkward stuff. Um, because I think we need more women supporting other women. And that's how we address some of the challenges that we talked about earlier. Um, and I would I would also say to make sure to celebrate women of all ages and connect with women of all ages. And um, it's about, I think it's important to celebrate our mothers and grandmothers and older women, particularly in our community as well. Um, they've, they've navigated so much and probably have incredible stories to share. Um, and so embracing a little bit of that um, intergenerational connection and community um, is something I would also love to message out to, to other women. Mm, I love that because that's exactly <laughs> what we're trying to do here. 
And interestingly, I had a wonderful conversation with a woman named Leah, and you'll mm -hmm. you'll hear her podcast. She's in her early twenties, and she's from Germany. And I met her in Costa Rica at a women's um, a women's workshop, a four day women's workshop. And she said, "I love the idea of sisterhood." She didn't mm -hmm. doesn't have it. I love the idea of intergenerational sisterhoods. She mm -hmm. says there's so much wisdom to learn, and it was interesting. She she articulated it differently. But the message, both of you were completely aligned with the meaning behind yeah. that. And, the, and I think it's, it's like coveting all sides of, of, of the, um, the, the, the female experience of all ages and recognizing that it, it doesn't matter where you are. You have so many universal, there's, there's these threads of womanhood that are so tightly bound together. So it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, you're going to understand it a little differently. So I just oh, love that answer. Yeah. That's great. Oh, well, this has been just a wonderful conversation. I am so grateful for your time. Thank you for joining and getting under the hood with us today, Angela. Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And thanks for having me as well. Thanks for listening to Under the Sisterhood. If you haven't already, please give us a quick rating and review on Apple or Spotify and make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can hear from more amazing women. This podcast is created and hosted by Under the Sisterhood LLC and Elizabeth Elfenbein, produced by Elizabeth Elfenbein and Zach Slaff and edited by Zach Slaff. The music is by Ayla Schaefer for Song Rose.